This is Bloomberg Business of Sports. The world's changing, and what are things we can do to, to transform our business and engage our fans globally in different ways? People are using their name and likeness to create more opportunities, more stakes in companies. In order to turn the organization around, we had to turn it around not only just on the baseball operations side, but on the business operations side. Football and any other sport is very difficult, but I like to broaden my horizons and be able to expand sports. I need to be consumed live, and that's a big competitive advantage for intellectual property holders of sports content in the media landscape. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Mike Lynch. And I'm Michael Barr. Over the next hour, we will explore the big money issues in the world of sports and talk to some of the biggest players in the industry. And coming up, we speak with PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan. Absolutely. We're really looking forward to that. It's a great time to be catching up with Jay, given everything that's going on with the game of golf, going global, getting some details around what's going to happen with this tie-up with the European Tour and looking ahead to a very exciting season. And a lot of folks are uh, tending toward golf these days, both watching and playing. So we'll get into all of that. That's all straight ahead. But before we get to that, let's talk about what's been going on in the world of sports. You know, we only get a chance to talk about it every two years, I guess, in, in normal times. So let's talk a little bit uh, about the Olympics, if we can, guys. You know, the ratings are down. It's been a mess on the broadcast linear streaming side. I was listening to something this morning talking about how people are disappointed that they can't get everything they want on Peacock, that this was the, a big promise that you'd be able to go to this streamer and it'd be great for that. But on a positive news front, Olympians are getting to earn a little bit of money via social media Echoes of what we've seen in the NIL world in the NCAA, Lynchy. So this is at least a first step because there's a rule change that basically allows them to, to leverage social media, make a little money. The window opens and the window closes very rapidly if you're an Olympian. And this is the one time they have the world stage where all the eyes, the eyeballs of the world are supposed to be on them. So I say good for them. Uh, they have so many things working against them over there. Of course, no fans. So anything they can get out of this, I tip my cap to them. And I, I, of all the you know summer and winter games that I've been watching since I've been alive, I think this is the most challenging for everybody involved. All right. Well, a lot of numbers getting thrown around in the world of investing when it comes to sports. Let's talk a little bit about football, the real football. The Spanish league, La Liga, it is getting a big investment, Lynchy, from private equity. We talk a lot about uh, big rich guys and big rich firms buying teams. Now they're buying stakes in leagues. This is echoes of the Super League in many ways, trying to prop up the finances, make a little bit more money. I am fascinated by this move. Yeah, CVC Capital Partners is going to, uh, they will be worth $3 billion, and they will have 10% of the commercial interest of La Liga. And the money specifically has to be spent in certain manners. Um, 70% of the money has to be geared toward infrastructure, uh, stadium improvements, training facilities improvements, 15% on player acquisitions, and 15% on debt. And we all know that because of the pandemic, many all, all the stadiums in, in Europe were empty last year. Right. So many of these uh, franchises are cash poor. But I can't, can you imagine, this, this is, you know, we're thinking, okay, this is over in Europe, okay, it doesn't uh, really affect us here. Think of a company coming in and buying 10% of the National Football League and sort of having power over 
Uh, someone telling Jerry Jones uh, how he could improve his training facility, but you can't use the money to for player acquisitions. It would be unheard of over here, but it's certainly welcome over in Europe. And, of course, uh, they're, they're still beating the drum over there, faintly if ever, but still beating the drum to try to uh, get this Super League up and going. I know we get sick and tired of talking about this, but i got to bring it up. Now with the Delta variant out there, what happens? I mean, yes, you're putting this money into uh, La Liga, but – if the Delta variant kicks up all over again and we got to cancel everything all over again, is this going to be money lost? What's going to happen? All right, back at home as we wrap up this conversation, we got to talk a little The King and Mello. Anthony, met by James. Carmelo Anthony with her. That's why I said, anytime I need a basket, I want the ball to go to Carmelo because he's going to get a shot. So that won't be happening in the same way next year, gentlemen, except maybe at the Lakers practice facility there in El Segundo (laughs) because Melo, LeBron James, they came into the league the same year, same draft class. They're very good friends. Now they're going to be teammates. The Lakers are stacking it. Up. They are making a run next year, spending a whole lot of money uh, recruiting candidly on a relative basis. A bunch of old guys to make one big title run. Mello, you know, joining up with not just LeBron, but Russell Westbrook and another handful of big names. Of course, Anthony Davis, a young guy already there with the Lakers. But Lynchy, this is business now as usual it feels like in the nba just go for it you know it's almost like going down to the playground where you buck up sides and you pick your team and then you know the the bully in the playground gets his way and gets his team and then you go out and you play a game of 21 and the you know it's 21 to 6 and you get slaughtered (laughs) that's pretty much what's going on in real life here in the nba that feels uh, like a very specific example lynch are you you, you want to talk about (laughs) yeah yeah you know i I, I was the i was the insignificant right fielder when they bucked up sides for, for for baseball <laughs> but this is what it feels like it's it feels like you know forget about the draft okay oh, the draft is fine we got this rookie but listen the, the real deal is going to come when uh, i start coordinating he did it in down in, in miami lebron he did it in cleveland he's doing it in los angeles right now they're doing it in brooklyn uh, so uh, you know it's 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 kind of too bad but you know the the rich get richer and the mighty get mightier yeah yeah we'll see i mean it, it does it it does speak to Barr, I think, the the fact that increasingly it's about the players and not the teams. And, and I think you're going to see a lot of shifting fan allegiances, which is, I think, you know, maybe foreign to, to those of us of a certain age who, you know, came up really rooting for a, a specific team. Uh, the NBA has really taken this to the extreme in terms of so much player movement, and and if you think about how many times, I mean, even what Lynchy just said that you know LeBron has, you know, potentially is going to already has won three championships with three different teams, or championships with three different teams, multiple championships, and uh, and now obviously going for another ring there in L.A. in that pursuit of the big goat conversation, but uh, it's a different world for sure. Well, you hit the nail on the head when you talk about now it's about players. And (laughs) let's put it this way. This Los Angeles Lakers team, they don't lack experience. I'm going to give you some ages here of the big names (laughs) that people will know. Carmelo Anthony, 
37 years old. LeBron James, 36 years old. Mark Gasol, 36 years old. Trevor Ariza, 36 years old. Dwight Howard, 35 years old. Russell Westbrook, 32 years old. You see where I'm going here? Yeah. This is, you know those names. And but everybody is is thirty and above for the most part. The youngest name that will draw the fans, Anthony Davis, the brow. He's twenty eight. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's it, the players are well known, and I, probably out of all the NBA teams out there, people are going to be drawn to this because they know the names. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and the mellow. I, I think the. I mean, mellow is a, an obvious future Hall of Famer. Um, I think people will look forward to that storyline of him and LeBron playing together. So you're exactly right. Good for business, good for ratings, and, uh, you know, good for the veterans among us. So there you go. So let's get to this week's interview. Delighted to be joined by PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan. Let's jump right into some news this week, Jay. The schedule's released, and maybe most importantly, this big alliance uh, that you guys announced late last year that involves Europe. Tell us about what we're going to see that's new and different in golf coming up. Yes. Uh, first of all, great to be with the three of you. And uh, thank you for your interest in the great game of golf and the PGA Tour. And for us, uh, to your point, we, we announced our strategic alliance with the European Tour uh, last November. Um, you know, and for those that don't follow the game of golf or the PGA Tour as closely, we have, you know, long been both competitors and partners, and in the interests of both organizations, and, and really in, in for, for the overall game, we felt like coming together in the form of an alliance was an important step. Uh, we did so uh, in the middle of our 2020-2021 season, and so we've just uh, recently announced our, our schedule for next year. And uh, for anyone that's looking at that schedule, you'll see three uh, three important additions, uh, starting with the Genesis Scottish Open. The PGA Tour will have a co-sanctioned event with the European Tour in Scotland the week before the Open Championship, essentially with, uh, with the field split between PGA Tour and European Tour players. And over those two weeks, uh, both the, the Barbasol Championship and the Barracuda Championship here in the States on the PGA Tour schedule will have 50 European Tour players competing in both of those events. And so at those three events, you'll have PGA Tour members and European Tour members competing for FedEx Cup and, and Race to Dubai points. And, and I think what's, what, what, what really is, is important to understand here is I think this is a, an important first step for our alliance. It's an indication of the power of what we can do together. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to make certain that we're thinking about ways to benefit uh, all of our fans around the world, but both memberships as well. And you're going to show off the 2022 portion of your schedule with a new nine-year domestic media rights agreement, including Viacom, CBS, Comcast, NBC, and ESPN. And that's the name of the game, getting the media rights and getting the game out there. Yeah, it, it really is. And go back a couple of years, we, we prior to... The announcements that we made on March 9th of 2020 on our domestic media uh, arrangements through 2030, we're very fortunate to continue our longstanding partnerships with uh, with NBC and the Golf Channel, as well as CBS, and then to be able to take a product that we've created, PGA Tour Live, move that to ESPN+, Plus, uh, and then also to have a partnership with Discovery around the world. I think that 
that gives us the opportunity to you know to have continue to have the strongest platform for the world's best players create more value in that platform we've significantly expanded you know hours of coverage uh, essentially Thursday through Sunday you can watch and follow PGA Tour golf from 7 a.m. to uh, 6 or 7 p.m., depending on the day. And, uh, you know, we feel like this schedule, when you look at it, you know, you're seeing an 18, 18% increase in player comprehensive earnings, which is, you know, which is the largest increase we've had year over year uh, in the history of this organization. And I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's, it's uh, certainly bodes well for PGA Tour as we go forward. When we think about watching uh, golf, we call that Lynchy goes horizontal. <laughs> it's exactly what I was just going to bring up. I said, you know, I'm look, this is a, like a mini version of the NFL's schedule revealed because there's a lot of uh, action going on in social media right now. But if the other guy like me that's horizontal after he shot 92 on Saturday or Sunday morning and comes home, what what does this mean for the average golf fan if he clicks on you know uh, CBS, NBC, who's ever carrying the uh, the event for the week? You know, in terms of in terms of what it what it means, I think first and foremost we have um, when you look at this portfolio of partners, we have the best media companies in the world that support uh, the PGA Tour and. We are a global tour, a global organization uh, with a global membership, 98 players representing 29 countries and territories. And so as a fan, um, you can, whether it's watching it on television, following us through our social media platforms, following us through our apps, um, you know, there's an opportunity to, to engage with the PGA Tour virtually all hours of the day. And I think that we're starting these new arrangements. And ultimately, Mike, I think the way to look at it is you're going to see us continue to innovate in a way that's benefiting all of our, all of our fans. Someone like yourself that uh, has shot 92 and wants to sit at, on their couch <laughs> at the end of the day to all the young fans that continue to come into our game uh, in huge numbers. You know, it's always been interesting to see the evolution, at least to me, of, you know, who is sponsoring tournaments. You have had some movement um, in and out. Are, are there any sort of trends underneath that that you see in terms of either the types of companies or, you know, how they're activating at different tournaments that, that reflects the, the growth of the game or, or maybe some different directions? Well, I think if you, when you look at our you know, when you look at our 2021-2022 schedule, uh, I think it's interesting to note that we've added two new title sponsors in Fortinet and Worldwide Technology mm-hmm. uh, at uh, in Napa and at Mayakoba, respectively. So two technology companies into that position, uh, and then you look at you know you look at the breadth and the diversity of industry from a sponsorship standpoint and and i think the thing to take away from it is you go back 15 20 years in time and you looked at this schedule and it was had a high percentage of financial institutions and automotive companies and as the game has expanded more industries have come into our sport and therefore taken you know taken these important title positions and i would also say that you know, as we as we all continue to make our way through this pandemic, um, you know, company, companies, uh, fans of, of any sport of, of of any industry, we're all we're all trying to align with organizations with a purpose. Mm. And the PGA Tour, since its inception two years ago, we raised two hundred million dollars, one hundred and sixty million as we worked through the pandemic. 
Uh, we make a huge impact in the communities where we play. Our sport conveys uh, its values, I think, in a really, um, really powerful way, the way our players comport themselves. So I think right now uh, the world needs more love, the world's need, world needs more purpose, and this model that is now 50 years plus running um, I, I think sets us up very well to continue on the growth pattern that we're on. And we take those responsibilities very seriously because we're, you think about it, we, we, when we move into, we're, we're in Memphis this week with the FedEx St. Jude Championship, the WGC, and we're invited guests in every community where we play. Uh, the last two plays, we've raised $7 million for FedEx St. Jude Research Hospital. Um, and we have to make certain that we're, we're making an impact in those communities. We're growing that impact, um, and that uh, not only do, do you know, not only do we, not only are we invited back, but we're continuing to demonstrate how special this model is and getting more people behind it. This must have really hurt you uh, a little bit when the schedule came out. Uh, you know, you cut your teeth uh, on the Deutsche Bank, among other great uh, events you had, but no events in New York or, or Massachusetts outside of the Open. Do you see golf coming back to the greater New York area or the Massachusetts area outside of the Open uh, next year? Absolutely. I, I think when you, look at, when you look at the schedule for 2021 and 22, it, it's a point in time. And so for us, um, you know, our, our partner in New York, we're playing at Liberty National here in just a few weeks to kick off our FedEx Cup playoffs. Uh, our partner in Northern Trust was not going to continue. Uh, our largest partner is FedEx. They, they have been the sponsor of the WGC to be able to have FedEx kick off the FedEx Cup playoffs at TPC Southwind. Of course, we played since 1989. was an opportunity for us. Um, and this is one year. To your point, the the U.S. Open will be at the Country Club in Brookline. Uh, next year, you've got the Ryder Cup, which will be at Bethpage in 2024. The USGA, the PGA of America, will continue to stage great championships uh, in the New York, New Jersey metropolitan area, as well as Boston. And for us, it's just a matter of when, not if, we'll be back uh, in those two markets. Uh, that's the nature of our schedule. You'll have... You know, you'll, you'll move in and out of markets, but when you look at it over time, we, we, we have a very strong presence in all the major metropolitan markets. And, and I'll add that in New York, we have an unbelievable partnership with Liberty National. Going back, you look at the 2017 President's Cup, four playings of PGA Tour events there, a longstanding commitment to each other. So uh, you can fully expect that we'll continue to have a strong presence in, in New York and Boston. And as a, as a proud Bostonian, um, <laughs> I've already received phone calls from my father. <laughs> <laughs> who, by the way, I, we said this off camera, is my dad, Joe, a great golfer, is 78 years old and shot a 73 the other day at, uh, <laughs> in a member member at Winchester Country Club. And uh, he's something else. So let's talk about the the fans and, and engagement, especially in this rather unusual year, Jay, where you have the Olympics uh, going on, you've got the Ryder Cup coming up, and obviously this this new and different schedule that you guys are anticipating. How does that play through to kind of viewership? How does it change potentially relationships with sponsors? Like, how does it factor into the business? I guess I'll, I'll take it in two parts. When you Go back to our return to golf last June 11th. Um, you know, we we were fortunate to be able to play uh, 14 events to be able to conclude our season. And then when you look to the current season that we're in, 
it's been a super season, as we've called it. You had two major championships. You had the U.S. Open and the Masters Tournament in the fall of last year. We've had our four five, four major championships, the Players' Championship, the Olympic Games. Uh, we're just two weeks away from our FedEx Cup playoffs. And I think, I think when you think about the business of, of the PGA Tour and when, you, when we go back to the conversation we just had around media rights, we've been very fortunate in that we have seen significant increases in engagement since our return to golf. Um, we were, we were ba- based on the, the nature of our sport, it being an outdoor sport, uh, given the, the, you know, the great attention that we gave to COVID protocols and working with all the communities where we play. We put ourselves in a position, or we were in a position to come back earlier. Um, we were able to satisfy great demand from a lot of people around the world who were starving for sports content. We've delivered it. It was there has been really strong competition with a lot of competitive friction, unprecedented number of playoffs, um, and again that that's led to you know that's led to the significant consumption growth that we've seen. And you know when you announce a, a schedule, and if you look at that schedule, it's 48 events, and we have a group of title sponsors that underpin our events and all those markets. Uh, we're fortunate that uh, not only have they stayed with us, they continue to invest. Uh, in the PGA Tour and in the game of golf. And so I would just say that you look at the title sponsorship, you look at where we are from a meteorite standpoint, and the future is very, very bright for, for the PGA Tour, um, you know, particularly given um, the fact that uh, we, we, we are not only accomplishing that here in the U.S., but golf is seeing a renaissance, seeing a boom uh, throughout the world. Uh, from a participation standpoint, demographically, we're we're starting to see you know greater diversity, both playing and watching the game, and we're starting to see a lot more young people engage with it, you know, at higher levels than we've ever seen before. So, you know, we 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 worked very hard, and our players deserve all the credit to put us in a position to be able to you know perse- continue to persevere and adapt uh, over the course of the pandemic and and I think that uh, as we as we look to uh, to the future we're set up for uh, we're really set up for, along with our industry partners to continue to to celebrate and grow the game we love the PGA Tour Champions it is a huge jewel for you guys which for people who don't know used to be the Champions Tour and then before that it was the Senior PGA Tour now the PGA Tour Champions and it's a it's a tour where a lot of people who may not know the current players on the regular tour know the names definitely on the Tour Champions it, it, that name recognition is important will will we see a day and and I hope Tiger Woods will come back to the game where he will take part in the Tour Champions, and that will be another big jewel for you guys. Well, I think that um, when you look at at PGA Tour Champions today, it's a it's a tour to your point that really is thriving. Um, you know, the greats of the game once they turn fifty are, are playing playing that playing on that tour. Uh, you know, it is highly highly competitive. It's a tour that we have a a long term, great and long term commitment to, and you know, with each passing year, you're starting to see, you know, more and more greats of the game matriculate to PGA Tour champions, and that has been the case over its history. I expect that will continue to be the case, and uh, not only is it uh, great competitive golf, but the atmosphere around PGA Tour champions and what they do, what those players do in the communities where we play and the way that they're embraced is, is really, really special. 
Um, and as it relates to you know to Tiger, I, I think you you. Um, you, know, you said it right. I think first and foremost, we just we continue to uh, wish him a, a, a full and speedy recovery and 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 get his uh, for him to be able to get his mobility back. And that's first and foremost right now. He knows he has all of our complete support on that front. And any future plans, I think, um, you know, are, are off in the future. So, Jay, let me ask you this. So with Tiger's uh, return uncertain, Phil Mickelson uh, winning a major this year and probably maybe going to play in the Champions Tour, does the PGA need a new face of golf, or is, can it survive and thrive with all these uh, young people? Now, I look at Colin Morikawa and his speech after he was holding the uh, the claret jug, and that you couldn't have written it better yourself, I'm sure, from a marketing standpoint. And I, he just He just wowed everybody on the planet. Well said, Mike. And, and, and listen, I think if you go back and you look at the PGA Tour, you look at the history of the game, I think the question you just asked is a question that will, has been asked in the past that will be asked in the future, which is, you know, as, as, the, as, as stars um, get into the latter part of their careers, who is going to fill that void? And if you look at, you know, Colin, winner of two majors uh, this season, uh, or, or really since we returned to golf. Jordan Spieth, who's now, he won the Valero Texas Open, past FedEx Cup champion, playing at a very high level. To John Rahm, U.S. Open champion. Bryson DeChambeau, U.S. Open champion. Justin Thomas, Players' Championship winner. Um, you know, Xander Shopley, an, an Olympic gold medalist, uh, just a couple days removed. Patrick Cantlay, who's won Zozo, won the Memorial Tournament. There, you you look at the composition of our membership. It's global. Uh, it's 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 young. It's it's emerging. It's extremely athletic. It's the it's so hard to win out on the PGA Tour. And these players are bringing a level of uh, the young players are bringing a le- level of moxie and sophistication to the table that clearly is represented in the in the great consumption that we've seen uh, in our media and our broadcasts uh, over the last year year and a half. Commissioner, wow. Mr. Commissioner, really good to talk with you as always. PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan joining us uh, in the midst of a lot of planning for the upcoming season. Congratulations on everything. Nice to talk to you. Michael, Mike, Jason, great to be with you, and thanks for everything. So, guys, really good conversation with our pal Jay Monahan. Uh, you know, a guy you know well, you know the family well, uh, Lynchy. I love that you're able to name check uh, the senior Monahan, who, <laughs> by the way, I, if if I was ever playing in a in some sort of charity turn, I want to be paired up with him. If it was a best ball situation, jeepers <laughs> creepers, that guy's a, a ringer. Yeah, Joe's a, been playing for a long time. He his as Jay said, his son he shoot he beats his age by several shots many, many times every year. Shot 73 the other day. And his father, Jay's grandfather, was a great golfer as well. If you go over to Winchester Country Club and you look at the father-son tournament every year, it's just Monaghan, 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 Monaghan. Then they build another <laughs> plaque, Monaghan, 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 Monaghan. <laughs> well, Jay's a great he... guy. He, you know, he grew up as a hockey player. He played hockey at Trinity. Yeah, interesting. And uh, played hockey in high school, yeah. But all those hockey guys are good golfers. They have, they have that good hand-eye coordination. Yeah, I mean – it's a fascinating job right now. I mean, and in terms yeah. of, I mean, what I really took away from the conversation was it feels like after after a time where golf was kind of like going along and, and sort of doing its thing, it, it's 
there's renewed interest and there's almost like an accelerating ambition. Does that make sense? I mean, I feel like this pairing up with, with the European tour is just an indication or, or some evidence that they're thinking a little bit bigger and, and maybe leaning in, as they say, to this moment where interest in golf, both playing and watching, you know, seems to be reviving a bit. Yeah. COVID, I... COVID-19 was a launching pad for the game of golf yeah. because it was the first sport that came back. It, it had already been socially distant. Uh, they didn't have any uh, spectators, and people went out and started playing golf themselves. You talk to anybody that ran any course, municipal or private course, their income last year in 2020 went through the roof, the number of people that wanted to play. You try to buy yourself a set of golf clubs, you're back-ordered about 10 weeks. It became so popular. And this happened on the global stage. And it was the perfect opportunity for Jay and the PGA. I know this agreement started way back last, last November to make this, this merger with the European tour. Yeah. And so, I mean, a lot of bad things came out of COVID, uh, devastating things that we don't have to expand on here. But it was a, it was a great, great opportunity for the game of golf. So, Barr, I think we, you have rightly brought up a number of times in, in these sorts of conversations this tiger-sized hole, though, that, that's in mm-hmm. professional golf. And I have, to, I have to think that's something that, you know, when they talk about the other stars and people coming up and, and whatnot, but it's still something, if, if I'm thinking about golf as a business, that that Jay Monahan and his folks have to continue to worry about is just that like breakout star that transcends the game. Well, first and and Jay Monahan said it the best, we all wish Tiger well and please recover. Uh, just first just because we want to see you as a human being uh, do well in life. And two, we would like to see you back on the golf course. Uh, in in high fashion, and but I think you'll see him in some capacity, maybe like on the seniors tour. I know that's the old way of describing it, but I get a kick out of watching the seniors tour. Uh, I because you know those names, and I I've said it time and time again. It's when you're the young one and you're on the regular PGA tour, you got to build your name. Well, these guys now on the senior tour, you know their names. And it's kind of fun to watch, especially guys in my age bracket. We enjoy seeing that. Yeah, I think that's a it's a very, very good point. And it was interesting to hear him him talk about that, Lynchy, because those are the names that, that people have been mm-hmm. watching for, for a while. And especially at a time where – you know, lefty Phil Mickelson, you know, essentially yeah. comes out of nowhere <laughs> with a major <laughs> championship this year to just revive this whole idea of like, yeah, I've heard of that guy. I'll watch him. I'll watch him whether he's playing on, on the PGA or, or the PGA champions. That That's a big deal. That is very good for business. It is. And uh, it, was, it was great when he won the PGA down at Kiowa Island and they engulfed him on the 18th hole. He's also been playing and he's been sliding in and out of some of the uh, Champions Tour uh, tournaments as well. But, you know, if Tiger doesn't come back and Phil sort of goes into the tour, who's the new face of golf? And, yeah. and uh, you know, as Jay said, he said he's very comfortable with, with anyone. Colin Morikawa, uh, Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka. The list goes on and on and on. Yeah, I don't know. 
Tiger's one of one, though. Well, I, he I, is. I mean, no, nobody matches Tiger. If Tiger yeah. comes back, they could be playing, you know, in a, in a municipal golf course in Toledo, Ohio, and the ratings would go through the roof. There's totally. No, no arguing that. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. All right. Speaking of one of one, the number of the week. Let's do it. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. This is a unique number of the week. Oh, boy. Just like Jeopardy. Sometimes you'll get the audio clue in Jeopardy. Well, this time you're going to get the audio answer from the athlete themselves. So I'll explain where I'm going with this. Uh, at the Tokyo Olympics, Team USA wrestler Tamira Mensah-Stock became the first black woman in Olympic history to win a gold medal in wrestling. At her post-competition press conference, Mensa Stock told reporters she plans to use some of her Olympic winnings to buy her mother the food truck she has always wanted. What I want to know is how much money did Mensa Stock say she'd give her mom for the food truck? Wow. I saw this story, but I'm not sure that I remember how much money it is oh man um uh, shoot i thought when you were asking this question you were gonna you were gonna allude to the fact that i saw this on twitter that triple h from the wwe is basically <laughs> like uh we'll sign you up as soon as you're back we're signing you out like come on in come on into wwe you can be a, a superstar um food truck uh I'll say twenty grand. <sighs> I'm going to go uh, higher. I'm going to say thirty-two grand. Well, we're going to hear from the athlete herself and uh, producer extraordinaire Tim Harrell in the uh, famous words of the late great Larry King. Go. I wanted to give my mom $30,000 so she can get a food truck because, like, it's her dream. So $30,000 is the answer. Now, Lynchy, you were closer, but you went over. So, I, 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 you know, it was close. I don't think we play prices right. I think I think I think we got it. I think Lynchy wins that one clean. That's no. good. Oh, That's good. oh man, I give that to Lynchy. Wow. You are. To wow. Can you see I, you telling yourself, Drew? Yeah, I know she went over, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you go ahead and give her and let her go on upstage. No, Forget me, wait, wait. Jason. Do you want to you want to share the gold medal with me? I I will do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll jump around. We'll jump around. Yeah. And by the way, if if you haven't for for those out there who haven't heard it, you have to like the video itself is great, and listening to it in English is great. You have to listen to the Italian sportscaster <laughs> right. and his call when they basically find out that the Italian and the Qatari are going to share this. It is unbelievable. I mean, it really is. I think it's going to be the defining moment of these Olympics. I, I think Simone Biles will, that storyline will be the one that resonates. But in terms of like the callback, the viral video, that one is just, it's just amazing. Like the pure joy of these two guys being so happy for each other. Um, you know, these friends, very different guys from di- very different backgrounds. Um, who shared a gold medal? That was that was very cool. So yeah, so yeah, I'll share it with. Thanks, Lynchy. 
I appreciate oh, nice. that. Beautiful. There we go. Beautiful. Oh. Somewhere an Italian sportscaster is, is announcing with great glee that we're going to share the gold medal for the uh, for the number of the week. Oh, isn't that nice? And while you guys hug it out, I'm going to add the point that, by the way, uh, Menza Stock, uh, she says that her mom is uh, has a little cooking business, and she can really, really cook very well, especially barbecue. But then she added, I don't eat it because I'm a pescatarian now. By the way, pescatarian doesn't eat meat, but does eat fish. That, that's me. That's what I do. Hey, oh. there you go. Oh. Look at you. Well, you know, get some of that nice salmon there at Bloomberg headquarters. For oh, it. yeah. The salmon, shrimp, mm. look out. They're, they're done. <laughs> they don't have a <laughs> shot. Uh, this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Show, and we're here each and every week at the same time, plus online, wherever you get your podcast. You can catch those Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. I'm Michael Barr on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. And I'm Mike Lynch, always going for the gold. You can follow me at LynchyWCVB. And I'm Jason Kelly on Twitter at Jason Kelly News. Thanks so much for joining us next week. Scarlet Fu will be sitting in for me. So, boys, be nice to her. She will be reporting back. We love you, Scarlett. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world.